This is Omo. 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 Is this Yoko Omo? This is Omo. This is Omo. Hi, Omo sapiens. In May of 2019, we put out an episode called Women at the Bench, where we talked to Aubrey Alexander, Robin Sullivan, and Corinthia Klein about their experience working in violin shops across the U.S. They had a lot to say about taking space in a community that has traditionally been more occupied by men, running into pockets of garage machismo or tradition for tradition's sake. It was a lovely episode, and if you haven't listened to it yet, go back a couple seasons and listen to us ladies. Everyone who I spoke with was stellar. What I wasn't prepared for in that show were the things outside of the interview. Some women in the community reached out with really troubling stories. Publicly, a women's group was shamed online for even telling their stories anonymously at a VSA convention. I remember one individual who was workbench trained, but ended up the coffee girl. Another was belittled in public by a work associate, but didn't speak up for fear of being labeled as a problematic woman. Some women found themselves out of a job for refusing to accept sexist comments. And another woman was working an unpaid internship, living in a shed with no running water. I got the sense that there were women who were looking for a safe person to talk to. I also knew that I was completely unprepared to be that person. And I didn't know who to connect them with. Two years later, I was invited to become a member of a Facebook group, Women in Luthery. From someone who wasn't directly involved, it felt like it sprang up out of nowhere and immediately blossomed into a large community. There are weekly online meetups and women posting regularly, freely sharing advice for things like charging what you're worth and guidance on tricky repairs. There's space for women to vent about workplace annoyances. There's room to laugh when someone shows the bandage on the arm when trying to scratch an itch, but a gouge was still in their hand. Most importantly, there's just space. Even if I can't cross paths with these women as often as I would like, I'm so profoundly relieved that this happened. I'm feeling a lot of gratitude to women out there who make safe spaces, Those of you who have been doing the work yourself or in small pockets all these years. And to the two women who created this space for women in Luthery. After the break, we meet with G-Min Kim and Jennifer Critic. Hey, Chris. Yeah? There was a guy that came to my shop once and he said, hey, my daughter needs a cello. (laughs) So for people who are starting at this point, and, you know, a little bit beyond this point, I've got the book for you. My Violin Needs Help. This is a repair diagnostics guide for players and teachers designed to help people who don't do repairs or luthiery work to be able to figure out what is wrong with their instrument when it has an issue, when it has a buzz, when something's not working. It's a good resource for parents of new players, like Mr. Cello, so they know what things they can do themselves and what things they shouldn't. 
It makes a great gift for both teachers and students. Uh, you can buy My Violin Needs Help from anywhere books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, International Violin, Johnson String, etc. At $15, it's also available wholesale directly through Corinthian Violins. That's Corinthian with a K. Contact us, contact Corey through her Facebook page or via email at Corey at CorinthianViolins.com. This episode of OMO is brought to you in part by Encore Orchestral Strings, the violin shop within Pages Music in Indianapolis, Indiana. Pages Music is celebrating its sesquicentennial 150th anniversary this year, which has been Indiana owned and operated since 1871. John Riani, the manager of Encore, has been a lifelong admirer of and advocate for new making. He's a fine cellist and he provides a trustworthy place to send one's instruments. And he gives the best hugs west of the Allegheny. Aw, and while he's hugging you, this is what he says I want to encourage you that the work that you do, instrument makers, bow makers, restorers, shop owners, it is deeply important and appreciated. The world desperately needs great art, and you are creating it, preserving it, and facilitating it. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Everyone, welcome back. Here we have Jimin Kim and Jennifer Credick. Good to talk to you, ladies. Mm. Hello. <laughs> welcome. I'm glad to have you here on OMO. Thank you. Uh, ladies. Okay, so first I want to hear. So glad to be here. That's Jimin talking. Jimin, hello. Hello. And Jennifer, hello. Hello, Rosie. Okay, got you. All right. So for both of you, uh, first off, I love the mission statement of the Women in Luthery group, which is empowering women and girls at the bench worldwide. Yes. Tell me more about that. G-Men wrote that simple and sincere statement. I think the word empower is to me, uh, it's almost cliche, but, you know, my, my retirement fund company is called Empower. Okay. But uh, empowered is exactly what I feel in my life right now because of the group, and I, I love it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I... Um... From the very beginning, I really wanted to make one thing clear is that we are a community of women labors, that it's not a professional association. That was one thing that I really wanted to um, really focus on. And, and I think a lot of that, um, the adding the girls on that, I think the word girls oftentimes are used as like a diminutive um marginalizing word often um, okay and i think i wanted to use it specifically there to make sure yes we are girls and yes we're empowered and yes we're at the bench <laughs> so you're taking the word back yes in a way yeah and i, I wanted to also make it welcoming for girls you know younger women to feel that this is a place for them and then the word worldwide. Um, I'm coming at you from Dallas. You guys are in Minneapolis. And Jimin, you're New York? I'm in New York City. Yes. New York so, City. So, I realize we're all in the U.S. right now. I yes. 
Well, we have got members that have become very involved that are in Italy uh, and uh, Canada and a few other places, I believe. And few few women in Asia. Um, we, I mean, it's it's still a very much beginning, and we really want to make sure that we include people that are all over the globe. So we're starting to get more people coming in, and there's a lot of language thing also because most of us that are organizing this are mainly English speakers. So there's a little bit of boundaries, I think, with people having hesitancy in joining because their their primary language might not be English. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think, just the, with the culture of welcoming people. And like one of the things that we have is don't apologize. <laughs> right. And because we had so many women apologizing, like, oh, sorry for my English. Sorry for my, you know. English. I've witnessed you do that on the the online meetups. That's one of the rules. Mm-hmm. Is yes. You, yes. you don't apologize for yes. whether it's for your language or for taking up time or space or your story. Exactly. Right. I love it. Um, for me, I, I'm so impressed by the breadth of this group. Um, the For me, the difference between this collection of luthiers and other luthier communities is it feels so safe. Oh, thank you. Yeah. The, the, the women in Luthery can get technical and get personal and uh, everybody feels it for me it feels like it's a great sharing space I really hope that it is I um I think that's what we really want it to be is a safer space and I know and I know that it's not really a safe like there's um this part of the work that I do is like equity work and safer space work and we I don't like to call it safe space because there's no such thing as 100% safe. And I know the industry is still not a very safe space for a lot of women and marginalized people. Uh, but what we try to create is as much a safer space as possible for you know, women to feel that they can share things and get support. Mm-hmm. What we try. Yeah. I, um, like you were, and, and the, the breadth of the group is really, like you're saying, we're worldwide and the, and, and it's just the range of, of ages and experiences and educations that are in the group now. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting for me to learn about Luthery and how it's presented and experienced in other countries. And then, but what, but really, what really makes the, our group different, of course, is, is the womanhood. You know, we are women and, and that means, you know, yes, that's, that's that we can be ourselves here. Mm -hmm. Um, We can support each other, be supported and support. And um, we listen and we're listened to, and we ask and we aren't, aren't judged. I think that's a big one from. Yeah. 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 I think that's a big thing being being judged and the yeah. fear of being judged. Yeah. It's a big thing that we have in our, in our industry. I, I yeah. agree. 
I agree. Whether uh, it is something we learn uh, by practice in this field or if it is something internalized long before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, Jennifer, y- yeah. you have been feeling around for this kind of community for some years. Can you tell me a little bit about earlier days of women in this field forming their own community? First of all, I want to acknowledge all the organizers of all the breakfasts and the luncheons and the teas that have come before the Women in Luthery group. Are you referring to uh, the Violent Society of America? Uh, yeah, that's where most of this happened because, um, but uh, G Min started a tea when she was in school. I used to do afternoon teas uh, for women. Uh, for it, I think we used to call it ladies' afternoon tea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was all, all but four, three or four of us <laughs> basically right. going to get tea and talk about things. Mm-hmm. But really, really, is is we've been seeking each other out for decades, right? And um, um, the early days of this specific group was like only six months ago. <laughs> Mind-blowing mind to me. It's such a huge, mm-hmm. such a huge, fantastic part of my life now. But um, there's been some effort involved in getting this group to what it is now. But um, so, so basically, yes, um, many of us have um, been trying to form community for for since we've come into the field, but um, there are, and there are more women in the field now, but it's really the same. Um, we still seek each other out because it's still challenging to find someone that we can share our concerns with that um, apparently are specific to us, like working when child rearing and yeah. working and being taken seriously. Um, working without social discomfort, harassment even. Um, There are complicating networking situations that happen. And so we have a space now to to talk about those things and maybe make some changes. Yeah. You know what? Not maybe. (laughs) Yeah. We are going to make some changes here. And, And I think that the broader community of, of luthiers, um, of all gender, you know, are, we have a lot of support and that feels really good. What was happening in my life as a woman in Luthery before G-Man and I met and we put our heads together, uh, but my life was a little messy in the last couple of years with, um, my husband slash business partner, partner, he had, had died and, I'd run the shop on my own for a couple of years and then I got remarried and I moved across the country and I had experimented working with someone else. Um, and then there was this pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so during all that last spring and summer, I basically took a sabbatical and even considered becoming a park ranger but ultimately just the OG violins out in the forest. Right. (laughs) Ultimately though, I did decide to decide to um, give actual violin making a big focused intentional try. 
And so I converted our enclosed back porch into a workshop and, and it was great for a while, but then I was really struggling with the isolation. And so about this time, I'd also been asked to be on the board of directors of the VSA, the Violent Society of America. And so I helped, I was helping with planning the virtual convention, which was great. It was quite successful, actually, I think. And the platform we were using allowed us to have meetups. And so I invited, for lack of a better alliterative word, the Lady Luthiers. So it started off as the Lady Luthiers. We, we, um, there were about 30 women that met over Zoom during the convention one night, and we had a blast. And then we were like, oh, let's do this again tomorrow night. Mm. So we did it again the next night. And... It was great, and uh, we all agreed we should do this more often, and really that's what's been going on for decades, right? We meet up, we have a great time, and then life gets in the way, and you know, it's just hard to to get something Mm -hmm. squared away, right? Yeah. Well, uh, that brings me to my my next point. So, Jimin, you have also felt this need, but you have a background as a community organizer. So around the time that Jennifer was going through that, you know, being on the board, VSA, and um, I think that's when um, Julian, the the incoming um, president for the VSA, introduced her to me. Um, So that was when I had been, I had just reached out to Julian because um, him and I went to school to get violin making school together or some Julian Cosman cook. Yes, yes. Local Texan. Yes. Oh, that's right. Local yeah. Texan. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do all day long. <laughs> yeah. So I had been, you know, my story is I had, you know, gone to violin making school, you know, 15 years ago, I came to New York and I, always been just like really trying to focus on and my career as a restorer and last summer I was asked to be the new head of workshop at a big global firm and there was like a lot of buzz happening regarding my gender because in our industry you just don't see many women in leadership roles like especially not in the workshop on the bench Mm-hmm. So I really, really realized and recognized there's an incredible amount of privilege that comes with my situation and where I am. Um, and I wanted to see what I could do to use it for a meaningful purpose. Um, and I've been doing equity work within the mostly dance and movement industry, um, field and communities for about eight to nine years um, in New York City and actually really globally. And I want you to explain to me the meaning of the word equity work. So equity work, um, I know it's now becoming more of a buzzword, but back then when I started eight, nine years ago, most people will ask like equity work, what is that, like bank stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Can I apply for a loan? (laughs) Yes, so the word equity, it's, it, I think it deserves a little bit of explanation maybe because now that it's become such a hot potato word, mm-hmm. um, there is um, a bit of um, evolved idea of what used to be the equality work. 
So, you know, back in the, you know, like 60s, 70s, the, you know, women's liberation and the equality rights, mm-hmm. um, equal rights and all those movements that it's sort of, you know, in the, it, as it came into the 2000s, it evolved into like, let's talk about what it, what it is that we want in terms of, do we want equal distribution of power and resources or do we want more equitable distribution of power and resources? So okay. like to explain it really simply is, let's say like I work with, um, let's say my, um, my colleague who is six foot two, big, big Italian men. And I am a five foot two, you know, petite, you know, Asian woman. If we were to go watch um, like a concert in the field and there is a um, wall in front of us that's maybe five foot five high, I will not be able to see anything mm-hmm. because I'm five foot two. Whereas my my colleague would have no problem being able to see everything because he's way above that wall, you know, height of the wall. The equal distribution of resources would be we both get a foot height baseboard that we can stand on that's your equality work that would be equal yes okay and i would i would get the foot high um and he would also go up foot high but Mm um wait maybe i'm not explaining this right so when i say foot when i say one foot i -hmm. apologize i i meant i meant three inches let's say three inches board Mm -hmm. and I would get a little bit higher, but it would still, the wall will still be on top of my head mm-hmm. and I still won't be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if we were to say my, my colleague would give me his three inches to me, and then I go on top of a six inch high platform, then I will be able to start seeing things. So that's more of an equitable distribution of resources I got it. In terms of what we want to look at the society and go and really acknowledge, yes, some of us are inherently born more privileged or more capable or more mm-hmm. this or that, more rich or more that. Um, to acknowledge that, yes, there is inequity there, but mm-hmm. to make moral choices of, hey, maybe this person needs a little bit more of these resources because of these other intersectional um, issues that that's making them more marginalized. And so you have to come up with a starting place for equity work. And that just doesn't happen on its own. It has to start with a real connected community. And so you guys, mm-hmm. again, it seemed like this blossomed out of nowhere, even though we know this is years and years of there being a need. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there was a huge thirst and mm-hmm. hunger for it. Yeah. And when we started, I really didn't really think much about when we when we first met Jennifer and I. When we were introduced, we had basically like we did a Zoom chat. We were kind of like we like we're like okay, like let's chat for an hour, get to know each other, <laughs> and we ended up staying and talking for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> And, and as soon as I started the, like, you know, we, we, Jennifer wanted to keep doing the weekly zoom 
and I, I said, hey, why don't I start a Facebook group to compliment so mm-hmm. that we can all get together to talk about it and also be able to organize when's the next Zoom meeting is going to be, be able, you know, make it more easier to organize it. Um, and as soon as we started it, like literally within a day or two, we had we had just people, I think it was like 40 people, 50 people really, really quick. And then it just started just growing exponentially in the next you know few months. Mm-hmm. And we're now 400 I think, I think we've already went over 400. Yeah. Women. Yeah. I don't think I even knew. I didn't have a clue how many women were in Luthery. Didn't have a clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're so isolated all the time. Mm-hmm. We thought, I thought, oh, maybe there's like, maybe we'll have like 70 people and it would be like really lovely big group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So with these 400 people and growing, mm-hmm. you've got weekly online meetups that have got women really sharing and that has spilled over into a Facebook group that has got women really sharing. You're now establishing mentorships within the community and organizing educational events. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And which is amazing. Um, and I, I do want to share a little bit of, of some of the posts that I see because I, again, talking about the breadth of, of yeah. what happens, um, I see, and I even posted this one, uh, how would you approach this neck repair? And mm-hmm. the difference between me posting there versus other places online is I did not feel a... Um, a reaction of why don't you know this? Why don't you have this information? That's, mm-hmm. that's not part of yeah. the that's female culture. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah, this is the imposter syndrome stuff comes up and then just being vulnerable and, in, you know, insecurities about our, um, edu- our education, some things we haven't maybe done either in a long time or ever, or we've got mixed, um, you know, a mixed bag of ideas we've pulled together and we want to see how they might work. Mm -hmm. Um, so we can run them by other women and, um, it just feels, it does feel, I mean, it feels safer. I think you you use the right word vulnerable. Oh yeah. Vulnerable is definitely the word other things I've seen and you guys pipe in if you want to add to any of this or there are other things that you saw that you've enjoyed. Um, I saw a grant opportunity for women and I wanted to share. Let's talk about the process of getting our violins hung in a shop. How do we advocate for equal pay? That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, Someone posted, I just lost my job. If anyone wants to call and talk about it. Either they just walked out of a job or they're thinking about walking out of a job and they want to talk about it. That's yeah. really common. I'm seeing yeah. a lot of that. I did reach out to, to someone, you know, uh-huh. who asked for, who asked for some support uh-huh. privately. And, and then I found out that she was overwhelmed with all the support and uh-huh. others reaching out, just overwhelmed by it yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she had, yeah. She had to take her number down at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, I was wearing flip flops at work, and I put an awl through my foot. 
Yeah, so then we got through the shoe discussion. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are those? The weird the Crocs. 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 <laughs> yeah, you're either on the team Croc or you aren't. I'm team boot <laughs> over here, even if it's 100 degrees in Texas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My advertising on Facebook helped an old stalker track me down and harass me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Every woman's nightmare. Yeah. And then the ever popular that I love that there's just, there's just a space for this. Mm-hmm. Here's my latest violin bridge. Oh, Beautiful. yes. <laughs> I love I love seeing the, all those stamps with women's name on it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Any other topics that come to mind for you, ladies? That that's a great nutshell of what's going on. And yeah. it goes on like constantly. It's just yeah. it's just beautiful to just be able to pop over there and um and read a, f- a few things and comments and you know, it's very it's very active. Yeah, absolutely. I think seeing all the different topics and the types of posts that are being discussed in our in in our uh, closed Facebook community I think it really is a good reflection of how women approach work very differently than in a existing patrilineal hierarchy based workshop culture. Mm-hmm. I think women, and it's, I think there's been a, a studies about how women uh, have a um, higher tendency to really you know, leave a like higher tendency to, you know, think about leaving the job because it's just not worth it. And it's just not working for their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And um, whereas, you know, it, it, it it's like if you go to existing, you know, violin related or luther related conventions and conferences, it's all about the work, the technical stuff, and how deep this mortise is and how that shape is and how sharp your tool is and how all of those little things and um, details and getting the work perfect. And mm-hmm. that's a big, big um, hierarchical mm-hmm. um, buzzword. Is and all, all important stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But however. There, however, there is also life outside of that that involves the entire career where, um, you know, it, I think women tend to look at their work in a more holistic perspective in, the, in terms of overall sense of well-being and emotional rewards and why are we here? Why are we doing this work? Why are we sitting here in this workshop together? Mm-hmm. I think that's something that I think people, not just women, but people in general, I think that, um, are starting to question more. And the topics that get brought up more often in those posts, they become main topics for the future Zoom socials so that more people can get in on the discussion. And that's how like, it became the framework for the, the Women in Luthery conference that we are planning on for October, mm-hmm. that there are various different uh, categories of like we're we're creating five different categories. One is studies and history, two community, and then three business, and then four technique and actual bench work, and then five, the health. So it's all overall holistic idea of what it means to be doing this work in Luthery. 
I absolutely connect with that statement of identifying with this field holistically. Mm-hmm. Um, for me as a woman, this becomes alive when I am viewing it through the perspective of storytelling. If I'm telling a story at my bench or if I'm telling a story with other people in this community, then I'm all in. Mm-hmm. But uh, without that, there's a certain hollowness. So mm-hmm. uh, I get it. I'm there. Yeah. I'm on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all <laughs> have our own personal um, connections. Yeah. I think that mm-hmm. we want to, you know, ne- we want to explore and navigate. And that's what makes us feel good about doing this work, I think. Yeah. You recently introduced the fellowship. Tell me all about this. Yeah, G-Men's got this idea. And I don't know how she finds all the hours in the day that she does. Me neither. (laughs) Um, I really don't. I mean, she'll she'll have an idea. And then the next thing I know, I'm getting, um, you know, uh, documents in my... um, Google that, you know, outlines of all these amazing ideas that she has. And so the fellowship, um, we had to say it was, it was a beta because it was, um, you just made it happen and you now I want to hear you talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're running the, the beta test basically for this summer. I think the fellowship is really the culmination of what's been building from the very beginning of women in new theory which is women helping women and it's really started out organically because i was seeing jennifer and paris paris andrew is our uh, instagram manager and um just um overall um public relations mm-hmm. extraordinary. <laughs> I want to be completely clear so there's no confusion. Mm-hmm. Our friend Paris lives in Florence. Yes. Yes. My name is Paris. <laughs> Correct. Right. Okay. That's right. Paris in Florence. Yeah. <laughs> is our Instagram manager and she had been with us pretty much from the beginning of the Zoom socials and um, so we, we, you know, it turned out that she is this big Instagram star with 20,000 followers. And she just, we were talking about social media and, you know, advertising and all of those stuff. And she was like, oh yeah, we should totally have one for women in new theory. Um, and she, I mean, that's not how she sounds like, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she volunteered to create one. Um, and then all these people that, you know, maybe weren't seeing the Facebook or Zoom socials, especially younger generation of women on Instagram started flooding in into the community and you know all the all these people reaching out to Paris and Jennifer and me because of the increased visibility from our work people started reaching out and talking about you know a lot of young a lot of conversation with you know younger newer community members that you know keep sharing kept sharing the difficulties that they're facing and while they're trying to gain the professional experience you know, professional development they so desire because they want to move forward with their career. So they were really hungry for advices and guidances and mentorship. 
from those who have gone through like the same experience before. Mm -hmm. And and I could see people were already doing it. You know, Paris was talking to people. Um, Jennifer was talking to people. I was talking to people. And I really wanted to put um, a name and structure to what was already happening with the people in the community. And um, really trying to like acknowledge that community work because it's it is a lot of um, it's it's very personally rewarding feeling but it still is work it's it's still work of time spent on talking to people and you know um, discussing through the difficulties what can be done what are the options what are other people that they can be um, con uh, connected to all of these things it's it's all professional development mm -hmm. and I wanted to really recognize that this is all what people are doing um, really for the betterment of the women in the Lutheran. Mm -hmm. Now um, this is the fellowship is this also the one where you are arranging to have people go live at different locations in training for a while? Or is that a different thing? That you um, yes, running? we were able to put, we were able to send five women on a two week workshop internship experience this summer. And wow. there is 11 women in, in, in the, as, as fellows. Um, so it's a, it's a, basically it's a summer mentorship um, program for emerging talents that mm -hmm. are named as fellows. Uh, so there are 11 fellows and 11 mentors that are assigned one-on-one -on -one to each fellows. So that sounds so cool. 22 women in total, and we're all linked together by the fellowship. And there was much, you know, much rejoice on how um, a lot of um, means being shared on the fellowship of the strings. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I hope that I can contribute to that at some point in the future. It's not time for me right now, but I, I love it so much. <laughs> I personally learned so much from putting this together. And one of the things that re really um, surprised me the most was how when I reached out to people, especially people who I, I wanted to reach out as mentors, almost Pretty, actually not almost every single one of them said oh I, I, I don't know what I'm doing I, I can't be a mentor like I don't teach I don't know how to teach people or mentor people mm. um, and some of them really needed a lot of convincing that like mm -hmm. you don't have to do anything you existing in this industry and you doing your thing itself is a mentorship in a way <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sorry uh, about the swearing behind me. No apologizing. You got me. I want to tell you one more thing about the, the fellowship. There's a lot more to it than just um, connecting a couple of women here and there around the, the world to each other. But um, what G Men did was. Um, with the structures, we meet together as a group once a month. 
So we have three group meetings where we we touch base as a group and share the experiences that we've been having over the month. And we, um, what was it we, we did last time, G-Man, where we talked about professional development and team building exercises, confidence. Team building exercises. Oh my gosh, they were so great. It was, it just really feels, I mean, incredible support and, um, and it's fun. It's real fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's um, a lot of things that we don't quite um, realize until we get together and talk about these things that how much we are really missing, um, really missing the company of each other in a way. Mm-hmm. And, and I really wanted the fellowship to be uh, a stepping stone to creating a larger group of women who are leaders, who are in a, going into leadership role so that we do a lot of, um, you know, help like in the, within the, the, um, the meeting, the group meeting, um, individuals might be assigned uh, like a group leader. So we go into breakout groups each leaders have to either facilitate a discussion or take notes and, you know, talk about it when we get back to the big group. So they have, they gain the experience of public speaking that way. And a lot wonderful. of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of these skills um, that I learned as, cause I've had many different jobs before okay. <laughs> into Luthery. Um, I, I was also, I was in education. I was in, I was a librarian before and, and I've, I, I, I think a lot of things I learned as part of those professional development opportunities that I've had before, I realized that in, in the career of Luthery, we don't really have any established educational or professional development programs that support mm-hmm. any of that. So I think women and a lot of marginalized groups, people feel that they're totally on their own. And um, I think it's really easy to think, oh, I'm just not good at public speaking. Oh, I'm just not a leader kind of a person. No, you're just not, not, you're just not practiced. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I love, I love creating this space where you guys said it's your turn. It's your turn to practice. Yes. In charge for a minute. Yeah. Yes. And we are watching these women, we're watching them grow and expand their lives and careers right in front of our eyes. It is so amazing. That's fantastic. It's, yes. it's really rewarding to see people feel more comfortable speaking up. Um, people who feel more comfortable now helping other people and supporting other people because now they feel they're supported. I think that's a really, really big thing that... Um, I really wanted to create with the fellowship and, you know, basically, you know, creating the next leaders for our industry. Can you guys share any transformative stories about how this community has already aided women in this field that, that you haven't already gotten a chance to share today? Well, I mean, we can't really, sh- there aren't any, ma- I mean, there are, there are stories and they come up and they're, they're, um, they're for women, you know, they're private conversations, but, um, they're real and, and they happen regularly. And, and I mean, it just brings, 
tears to my eyes, you know, to think about all the, all the change that's happening, you know, personally for so many people. Yeah. I think because of, because of the internet and the pandemic, <laughs> Thank <laughs> I you, mean, pandemic. it boils down to that. <laughs> I think that, you know, it really gave us some technical um, opportunities, you know, to be able to have this all come together. And then, you know, be, because of those two things but yeah but then you know, that but not to say now g-min and i work really hard on this too it's pre- pretty much like a full-time yeah. job yeah you do <laughs> um uh and we love it yeah yeah if i may add um to uh, on top of what we've been talking about i know we're winding down um, is that the main thing that I feel really, really strongly about the equity work in our field is creating access to information and training. And yeah. I think we have a really big problem of worshiping the gatekeepers of information in our industry. There's too much power and money and status and keeping the club exclusive and keeping others othered and isolated in the dark. Um, so I think that's how, you know, a lot of people, a lot of workers at the bench that are, they're not part of this club are exploited for the sake of training and available information, um, because there's really not much other ways of accessing the kind of information and training needed to survive as a luthier. So I think, um, I think, you know, when we create more access more, um, you know, more equitable access to these information and support, peer support, I think we're going to really see, start seeing really big changes. And like, you know, the whole, um, the, the, obviously the advent of the internet has changed a lot of things in our field in the last, you know, a couple of decades. Um, so like there is more information being exchanged, but the existing culture in our industry is still apparent even in our internet, and it's still driving um, and keeping a huge number of women and marginalized groups from being part of these conversations. So that's the I think something that we really want to address and create. Yeah, I I believe that you are. I want to thank you both for all the hard work that you have put into this. Again, I saw a need for this kind of belonging for mm-hmm. women in this community and had no idea how to even begin to provide that. And and uh, the fact that you guys exist and you're doing this work, I think it's going to transform women in Luthery for years and years and years, their, their experience. Mm-hmm. So thank you for what you're doing. Well, I feel very fortunate to be a part of it. Me too. And equity work is always, always intersectional. And the way, the more we create more equitable change for women in the industry, we also make space for more equitable change for other marginalized groups. Yeah. And being able to make space to talk about those issues. And I really believe that we can help because as women, we are the biggest marginalized group. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm also part of, I also started a queer luthiers group 
with my friend Armand Dale Arroman. And I'm also part of a group called uh, Luthiers of Color, started by Amanda Ewing. Mm-hmm. And we literally have like maybe 20 people. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, uh, um, as opposed to, you know, women, we are a force to be reckoned with. Like we have reached a critical mass. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, I think this is really exciting. And I feel really grateful that, you know, we are part of this change. Thanks for having us on to talk about it. Thank you for being a part of it. You ladies are stellar and I love what you do. Thank you so much. I love you too. Keep up the good work. Thanks ladies. OMA was an all Luthier podcast produced by Rosie Deloach, Chris Jacoby, and Jerry Lynn. The show is edited by Jason Peoples, music by Invoke Sound. If you enjoy our show, you can help us out by leaving an iTunes review or becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash omopod, where you can get your very own Omo swag. We'd love to hear from you, so reach out to us at mail at omopod.com or call the Omo phone at 240-686-5345. Thanks for listening.